Welcome to this week's episode of Seen and Heard, Industry Updates for the Modern Dairy Family. I'm Darby Toth, a Technical Field Services Representative with Western United Dairies. And I'm Melissa Lima, the North Coast and Organic Field Services Rep with Western United Dairies. Hey, Darby. How are you doing? Good, good. The sun's out, which we haven't seen in a couple weeks here in Fernell. It's been a little foggy for silage season, so... Um, we are glad to see the sun. It's a lovely Friday. Hopefully you're having a lovely Friday down in the valley. Yep, it's quite warm and sunny here and they're turning over some alfalfa in the field outside of my house. So things are moving right from spring into summer. Oh, it probably smells delightful. I'm, I'm a little jealous. <laughs> it's nice. I did have to run around and shut a bunch of windows this morning though because the dust gets kicked up. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, Derby, we as is the tradition in the spring and summer, we had a busy week this week. So we talked a little bit about um, where the podcast is going to go over the next few weeks. And we'd really like to get people excited and geared up for a very exciting month ahead, um, the month of June, which is dairy month traditionally. And so today we're rerunning an episode um, or a, a segment where we had Tyler Ribeiro and Genji Ambroni um, Tyler, of course, is a dairy producer and one of our board members down in the Central Valley. And Jen is the California Milk Advisory Board's uh, Director of Communications. And they joined us last summer to talk a little bit about um, how to advocate and use social media platforms to do so and the importance of that. So kind of in the theme of getting people geared up and excited for June Dairy Month and maybe start to think about advocating themselves, we're going to hear um, a rerun from Tyler and Jen's episode last summer and of course we're going to have the market update and then i'm really excited to hear about something fun you did this week i'm a little jealous but yeah um, we got to get out in the field again and it was pretty fun yeah so a pretty good episode today again we're running a rerun but we think it's really valuable information and we'll be back next week with more of your regularly scheduled content Hi, I'm Jessica with PG&E. 811 is a free service to keep our community safe. Before you do any digging, PG&E will mark your gas and electric lines so you don't hit them. Call 811 before you dig. To learn more, visit pge.com safety. Hi folks, hope you had a great week. It was a busy one in the dairy markets in terms of reports. We had a global dairy trade, we got the dairy products report, as well as uh, updated trade data. Uh, the week kicked off with the GDT event out of Oceana, and uh, results were a little bit stronger for powders than most expectations. Skim milk powder rose about 2% to $1.56 a pound, the highest level since uh, July of 2014. Whole milk powder advanced, but by a smaller margin, uh, getting to about $1.87. That action uh, kind of stirred things up in our domestic non-fat markets, didn't help cause kind of general concerns around supply uh, leading into the year and sent our spot non-fat prices in Chicago up to a whopping $1.3575 on Wednesday. Uh, but the market couldn't quite hold on to that level and we ended up a little bit lower at $132.25, but still a solid level. There's um, some market participants starting to feel a little wary about forward going supply prospects given the higher feed costs that are have, has entered the equation and potential impact on milk production in the West at some point. For now, though, uh, production of non-fat uh, powders looks pretty solid. At least that was the case in March. 
USDA reported total powder production up about 9.9% from February and up 3.1% year over year. Um, at the same time, though, demand is pretty strong. Uh, contact say customers in Mexico, Mexico are active, and some are wondering if dry conditions there, they're suffering a bit of a drought, uh, are, is hurting their milk production and po potentially spurring need for additional imports. Uh, indeed, imports are, uh, into Mexico and exports out of the U.S. were strong during March. Uh, we shipped out 39% additional powder year over year. Um, some of that, you know, is attributed to the snarls that we experienced last year uh, in the supply chain, but still solid nonetheless. Uh, that strong export demand seemed to whittle away at our stocks level, which was also positive for nonfat this week. Uh, we saw inventories drawn down about 7.8% uh, month over month. I would say the biggest, uh, next biggest thing on, on folks' minds this week continue to be grains. Uh, mania in that market continues. Nearby corn and soybean futures hit uh, fresh eight-year highs on persistent worries around tidal, tighter global supplies, uh, reports of dry weather cutting into Brazil's harvest. Um, reports say shortages are already impacting supplies of products like tortillas and chips in Mexico and certainly keeping prices on the upswing. Uh, we did get a, a planting progress report and uh, was a reminder of modern technology. Nearly half of the U.S. corn crop is now in the ground, with planting progress reaching 48% during uh, the week ending May 2nd. That was a jump from just 17% the prior week. Moving over to cheese, um, after a long steady, uh, steady stretch, we did see spot prices start to decline later in the week as plenty of supply found little less buy side interest in Chicago. Uh, blocks lost 5.25 cents, uh, settling at 174.75, and barrels lost a little more, down 10.75 cents uh, to 172.75. Barrels are now back below blocks again. Uh, heavy milk supplies and additional capacity seem to fuel strong cheese production in March with USDA reporting total cheese output up 12.6% uh, from February to March and up almost 5% year over year. Um, likewise to powder, we had a strong export month um, in March for cheese, shipping out uh, 81 million pounds, the second busiest month on record. Uh, sales to Mexico improved um, up about 11% year over year. And uh, now that we have all the stocks, production and trade data in hand, we estimate domestic consumption rose about 3.2 billion pounds in the first quarter, up almost 2% from the same period last year. Moving over to butter, um, it was a pretty steady week, uh, wobbling within a two cent band. While availability seems to be no issue, tight, tight cream supplies and uh, good food service demand seems to be keeping the markets um, fairly balanced. We saw butter close the week up 2.25 cents to $1.77. On total production figures, uh, butter output was down a little bit in March, 0.6% um, year over year. Uh, we did see butter exports jump. Uh, recall we were in a pretty good competitive position and, and had heard rumblings of more butter being shipped out. And indeed, uh, the numbers did play out like that for March. Um, although we are hearing now, though, that export prospects seems, 
export prospects have seemed to have dropped off now that our prices are a little bit higher. Um, with all the data in hand, though, it looks like we had solid butter consumption over the first quarter, up about 6% year over year. Finishing out with whey, um, after kind of hitting those multi-year highs of 70 cents, the market has uh, retracted some. We lost some last week. We've lost a little bit more this week, down three and a quarter cents, back down to uh, 62.75. After all the dust settled on a busy week in the spot markets, uh, we did find the class three and four futures moving around quite a bit this week. We did lose some ground in the third quarter, uh, but overall levels are, are still pretty great. If you still have some milk risk management in mind, um, might want to take a look. Please don't hesitate to reach out with any questions and have a wonderful week. Yosemite Farm Credit is the farmer's choice for agriculture financing. As a farmer-owned cooperative, we are dedicated to serving our neighbors in the agriculture community with financial products and services tailored to your operation and backed with the relationship you can trust. Whether you're purchasing real estate, making an improvements to the dairy, or wanting to purchase or lease equipment, we're here to help our members prosper. Visit our website at yosemitefarmcredit.com to find a branch location nearest you. Okay, so today we have Dairyman Tyler Ribeiro and Jennifer Jambroni from CMAD on the podcast to talk about social media and how producers are using this to connect with each other as well as the non-farming population. As we get started here, could you each introduce yourselves and kind of give us some background on who you are, who you work for, and what you do? Maybe, Jen, if you want to start. Sure. Um, my name is Jennifer Jambroni. I'm the Director of Communications for the California Milk Advisory Board. So we're the marketing checkoff for California Dairy. Um, you'll mostly recognize the role California Milk Seal, which represents all of the milk that comes from our farm families. And we are funded by California Dairy Farmers. My job is uh, communications, so to a variety of audiences, not only to consumers, but also to food service, retailers, and of course to the dairy community, and hopefully engaging the dairy community in communicating directly with consumers themselves. All right, great, and Tyler? Yeah, uh, like you said, I'm Tyler Ribeiro. Uh, I am a dairy farmer here in Tulare, California, where I farm with uh, my dad and my brother. Uh, also very fortunate to be running the Dairy Dad page on social media uh, where I get to show, you know, what we do as dairymen and as dads. Um, like I said, I'm very fortunate that I get to bring my kids out here and uh, get them to work alongside me and get a whole new learning experience that uh, many of us, uh, at least for myself growing up, may have taken for granted. Uh, so. I love sharing my story and uh, thank you for having me on. Yeah, thank you both so much for being here. And Tyler, since you kind of started us off talking about your page, I know a lot of people in my kind of circle really enjoy following along with your family and your kind of everyday life. Uh, I really enjoy following along with the adventures of Hey Hey in the backseat of the car. <laughs> um, would you mind talking about, you know, why you started with this presence on social media, what you do and some of the opportunities that you've had? Yeah, so it, it all started uh, when I, it came to light that I didn't realize 
there was such a gap uh, between our gate and the consumer's plate. Uh, I didn't realize that there was a, a gap to fill. And so when I started the page, I did it for the purpose of showing who we are as dairy farmers. What do we do? You know, let's open up our, this black box that people think we've got and really show them who we are, what we do, and make people feel confident in the product they're buying now. Um, I got to bring in a little side that I really like to show as well is the, the personal side. I like showing that a lot of us bring our kids to work. A lot of us have our kids playing in the cotton seed or climbing hay bales or eating almond poles out of the pile or whatever it might be, just hanging out with dad, driving tractors and all these crazy things that people think are absolutely insane, but just showing the human side of us and putting a face to the product. Yeah. And Jen, I think you've probably seen somewhat of an upsurgence in producers like Tyler. There aren't too, too many, but can you talk a little bit more about kind of how that's starting to shift and how some producers are interested in sharing their story on social media? Yeah, it's interesting uh, the, the way you prompted that. Um, when I started at CMAB 10 years ago, one of the things I was really passionate about was that consumers didn't want to hear from me as a spokesperson. They wanted to hear from the dairy community um, and really truly connect. And social media has given us these channels directly to consumers in an opportunity to connect in a way that no other media really offered to begin with or, or you know, had created. And, you know, at first, um, producers were a little tenuous about, you know, kind of being out there and advocating. But at the core of, you know, the dairy farmer community, the dairy family community, it is all about community and sharing stories and sharing your lives and sharing food, the food that they produce. And so I think that, you know, some of it was just getting comfortable with technology itself and being on social with the people you interact with every day. And then taking that leap to sharing it beyond has gone a lot more smoothly and, and obviously more, um, quickly over the last several years because people see the value and also the opportunity because as Tyler said, you know, this, this disconnect, there's so much misinformation um, and people are turning to their friends and neighbors instead of the actual farmers who never really have been private about what they do. They've just been hardworking people who are just doing the job. They're out there producing dairy products. They're supporting their communities in ways that people don't get to see, you know, the support um, in their communities, with their churches, with their local sports, um, you know, they're, and they have distinctive shared values with consumers, whether you live in downtown LA or you are, you know, in a rural community in Tulare, you have the same shared values. You want to raise your family, you want them to be healthy, you want them to be well-nourished, and you want to be part of your community. So connecting those two has been so important. And so having people who are willing to be out there like Tyler um, and, and be very present and very proactive saying, here's who we are, this is my family, this is what we do on the farm, and then demystifying some of those practices. It's been really, really rewarding and really fun to see the growth too, because you know it's not just 
you're kind of out there and doing it as a job, you know, when you see Tyler's um, channels, he's having fun with it. Like he's out there having fun in the things that he does every single day. We get an opportunity to kind of view that vicariously through his channels. I agree. I think it's just so interesting to watch the way that people, and for those who don't know and are listening, I'm 25. So I finished college a few years ago and live with roommates who were in agriculture, weren't in agriculture. And it's been so interesting to watch and see how people are influenced currently in the way they think about certain things or their buying decisions. And a lot of these people that are on Instagram or on Facebook are, are sharing information with huge groups of people. And I think helping make the connection between producers that are really authentic and sharing their lives with those people that influence so many others has been such a such a neat thing to see producers starting to do. Um, I think there's so many good sides. We've talked a lot about the good sides of sharing your story. And I know that Tyler, you've kind of seen a little bit of the side that maybe some of our producers have a little bit of fear about when they, when they put their lives out there. Would you mind talking about that a little bit? Yeah. You know, and Jennifer touched on, on part of this is that, that fear, that scary part that what if, what if somebody says something, you know, what if somebody comments something bad or, you know, how do I handle these situations? And, you know, this past week, uh, like you alluded to, you know, I, I made uh, some acquaintances, if you will, um, <laughs> with the uh, other side of the aisle, so to speak, some kind of nutty uh, vegan activists. And they made it their weekend long effort, I believe it was, to harass my page and start arguments with people that were commenting on my page and just be really nasty. Um, but it hasn't changed my life at all. And that, that's the part that people don't understand is, is these people are from all over the world. We had some people in UK, I think. And they just, they just, they're, it's a small group of people just wanting to start a big problem. And the majority of the people that are out there, they, they want to hear your story. They want to hear our story. They want to know what's going on on the farm. The vast majority of people that consume dairy, that consume beef, they are side with us, even though they don't know too much about what's going on. Now, why they don't know very much is our fault. As an industry, we haven't been known to being very proactive, if you will. And so that's where this whole push for social engagement from the farm level has been so important and so neat to watch. Like Jennifer said, the growth that we've seen and people sharing what we do has been awesome. But part of that has become or is because people feel more comfortable. People feel more comfortable going out and sharing what they're doing because they have the tools or the resources if things kind of get out of their comfort zone. Um, for, for example, when I started getting attacked, and uh, attack is a really strong word for a pest, but when people started coming on my page and started saying horrible, terrible things, it, it didn't bother me. You know, a lot of people, it hurts their feelings, but I, I felt like it was a good 
a good time to let the dice roll where it may and really see what these people want to say and what they want to do. Because the game plan for being attacked, it doesn't matter if you're in Derry or whatever. If you're being attacked or bombarded by hateful speech, a lot of people will tell you, shut your page down for a bit until it blows over. But when you do that, you don't really get to see these crazies come out of the woodworks and how nutty their responses are and the theories that they have around dairy and the storyline that they're telling people. Now, I'm not much for letting people tell lies about myself or my neighbors, my friends, or this industry. So we have to, we had to decide, you know, who are we going to let tell this story? Well, it's going to be, it's going to be us. It's going to be the dairy industry and letting them spew their, whatever it might be, their false truths, their lies on this page, I thought was a really good learning experience for everybody in the industry to see how far these people have flown the coop, how, how far removed they are from what's going on in the stories that they're telling and how important it is for producers like myself to really stand up and start telling the truth because these people aren't going to stop telling lies somebody needs to tell the truth now with that being said it's really neat when i talk about tools uh the checkoff came in i really threw them a curveball by going live and, <laughs> and and you know really taking this head on but they were they were with me uh, uh along the way for this which was amazing i didn't expect um, i'm kind of the canary if you will to see what happens uh, but the response was great that we got from cmab they helped with um managing the page a bit, uh, helping weed out some of these crazies that really don't want to learn. They're just, just there to cause problems and bully and spread hateful speech and uh, really stayed with me and checked in on me as we went along until the page really calmed down. So it was really nice. You know, we've seen a really big push in social media presence from farmers and uh, CMAB is really stepping up their game and staying with us and helping us along with it. Jen, do you maybe want to share a little bit about CMAB's resources as far as this goes? Maybe not for something as drastic or even bad as what happened to Tyler, but for just anyone who's interested in getting started and sharing their story. Um, you know, not everyone is willing to put themselves out there as proactively as, as Tyler did and, um, and uh, kind of take the hits. I, I will give him kudos just as an aside because he doesn't get flustered at all. But not everyone is willing to, you know, kind of be the punching bag. They want to share their story, but they don't maybe don't want to be as um, uh, as involved in responding to people who are a little bit, uh, you know, on on the activist side of things. Um, so, you know, there are a lot of things that that we can assist any producer who wants who's already on social or wants to kind of get involved in social because again going back to that the most authentic voice for dairy is going to be the dairy farmer and we want to give them the tools um, so they can share their story um, whether it's a small audience because every single farmer is an influencer to a variety of groups and, and we really feel like every single person they reach is an opportunity and an, an opportunity to connect so uh, we've done um, social media trainings. So we actually kind of talk about getting on channels. And this was a little earlier on when people were really getting comfortable with 
Facebook and Instagram. Now we've got a lot more um, people who are, have been using the tools regularly. You know, Darby, you said you're 25. So for you, the idea of life without the internet probably doesn't even like compute. But uh, <laughs> when we first started talking about this, it was, I'm not getting on that face thing, you know. Um, so people are a little more comfortable there. But you know, providing some trainings on that side. Uh, we do some media trainings with like leadership groups to talk about kind of winnowing down messages so people can really get to the core of what you want to deliver. You know, these are channels. At the end of each one, each channel is a person, a person to connect with. And you have to kind of sometimes think, I know so much about this industry, but if I only have five seconds or five you know, two minutes to connect with that person. What's that one message or those two messages I want them to take away? And for each producer, that's really could be different. For, for, for one person, it might be about animal care. And for another, it might be entirely about the nutritious, you know, package that dairy provides to families. And so we do some message training to help you kind of really tease that out and then winnow that down. And then, um, you know, trying to, trying to, on your pages, if you are, in the, in the midst of an attack or maybe even anticipate um, that something could happen. In California, unfortunately, we have a lot of very um, active groups uh, who believe in animal rights and they're all about um, being disruptive to the industry. And so um, internally, we have a communicators group that talk, you know, that shares information if we know there are activists doing trespass. But we also try to tease out if we think there's going to be more of an online attack. Now, Tyler was subjected to what is a more coordinated attack amongst activists with the whole shelter in place order. Unfortunately, it means a lot of people are at home in front of their computer with a lot of time on their hands. And so they can coordinate these things and spend basically a lot of time really focusing on one chan one you know one particular farmer's uh, social channel um, and then move on to another. We're going to see more of those. It's just kind of the the, the reality of um, where people are right now and and where the activist community is is shifting. So we can kind of talk through with a producer their you know the, their setup of their page, putting in keywords that would be banned. Um, Specifically, things of you know with cussing and things like that that you just wouldn't have on your page at all, um, and then some procedures in terms of you know if something happens, who would you call, or how do you vet some of the comments because sometimes they're very legitimate questions consumers have, and sometimes they kind of follow the activist playbook in terms of terminology that they use, and they're not really looking for information; they're just looking to to dump a lot of hate on your page. All right. Well, thank you so much. It sounds like there are just so, so many great resources out there. And I'm always so excited to see, to see someone new, one of my producers kind of pick up their Facebook a little bit more, pick up their Instagram and start sharing about just their everyday lives. Um, kind of as we wrap things up here, is there anything else either of you would like to add? Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind. Um, it, the biggest thing about sharing your story is to not be afraid. When sharing your story, you, you need to be confident in what you're doing. We've been doing this, and my family's been doing this for over a hundred years. Things have changed. 
but we know what we're doing. The, the producers here in California, they know what they're doing. And if asked, they should be able to answer any question that's thrown at them because it is the truth. We're, we don't have any storyline that we're trying to pull any lie across anybody's plate. We're, we're here selling the truth. You know, people don't understand that milk is a byproduct of a relationship of humans and animals. You know, milk is a byproduct of happy animals, and people don't understand that. Uh, so spreading, spreading the truth, being confident in what you're doing, and knowing that the, the resource, there are resources there available to you if something like that ha- happened to me happens. You know, if, if for some reason you start uh, getting out of your comfort zone, um, we're all here to help. I, I know CMAB is there, and there's a whole resource of different uh social media uh, dairy pages that are a click away uh, that would be more than willing to help. So, you know, for those that are interested in sharing their story, be confident knowing that you're not alone. And there's a lot of us here that are willing to help if you start getting out of your comfort zone or to help you prepare as you're building a page. So just be confident. I I would add, and I, I, I love what Tyler had to say because the dairy community as a whole has always been 100% supportive of each other across the board. Farmers support farmers. And in social media, it's the same. I see so much support from, from the people who've gone before who built bigger followings on social and the support that they provide to the other farmers who are just getting started, looking for advice, looking for support. You know, there's a whole community of advocates that are out there They've been there. They can offer advice. We at CMAB, we want to help you if you want to get involved with social media or you're already there and just looking to maybe make some changes. You know, contact CMAB at askus at realcaliforniamilk.com. Um, give us a call. If, if you have any problems, you know, let us know. If you see any warnings about, um, you know, things that are kind of bubbling up that you're concerned about, we want to make sure that you feel like you have the support you need. Because like Tyler said, we don't want you to be afraid to share your story. It's so important. It's more important than ever before. And right now we also have a little bit of a window where people are actually looking for information and looking for credible resources because they're spending a little bit more time online. um, And it's a real opportunity for us. Well, thank you both so much. Um, I know it's it's a busy time of year, which I feel like at this point I just have started to say every <laughs> single time of year. Um, but I know it's a busy time of year. And so we really appreciate you taking the time to be on the podcast. Thanks, Darby. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you. Did you know that you can turn your dairy manure into cash? Bennett Environmental is offering above-ground dairy digesters at no cost to you. These systems can also remove nitrates from your lagoons to help you comply with water board regulations. Our proven above-ground technology will generate income for your dairy into the foreseeable future. Because we truck the renewable natural gas off-site, your dairy can profit regardless of your location. Bennett Environmental, turning your wastewater liabilities into sustainable assets. Learn more at bennett-environmental.com.
Okay, well, thanks again to Tyler and Jen for visiting with us last summer. Before we close today, I wanted to ask Darby a little bit about something fun she got to do this week on Monday. Not only were you back in the field, but you got to be back in the field with a really um, cool opportunity on Monday. Tell us a little bit about it, Darby. It was pretty exciting. I got to start my morning and drive up to the lovely town of Galt. We visited um, one of our members, Arlen Van Groningen's Dairy, New Hope Dairy, and it's part of the new policy producer engagement program that what is working on in conjunction with the California Cattle Council and the California Cattlemen's Association. Um, Arlen graciously hosted us on his dairy, and we were able to have the Lieutenant Governor, Eleni Kunalakis, come out with her chief of staff and her husband and tour around the dairy. Awesome. Well, and definitely along with the theme of today's episode about advocating, you got a chance to, to visit with the Lieutenant Governor and her husband and share the story of California dairy. I bet that was a pretty cool opportunity. Yeah, it was pretty exciting. Um, we really had a great host in Arlen. He is super cutting edge and very willing to share. And she definitely kept him on his toes, which was great. She asked a lot of good questions and we're really trying to connect with policymakers and cover topics relating to dairy and beef sustainability and really the sustainability of the entire cycle of um, agriculture in California and how interconnected everything is. On this tour with the Lieutenant Governor, Arlen has a digester in conjunction and partnership with SMUD. So that was a great point that we got to talk about. And we really just focused on sustainability and how much the dairy industry in California continues to be sustainable and how important it is for us to continue to you know, produce in this state. And then at the end, we were also able to discuss the importance of California-based um, nutrition products for kids and especially how that's gonna look as school rolls back around. So we wanna give a really big thank you again to Lieutenant Governor Eleni Kunalakis and her staff. And we appreciate her coming out and taking the time to meet with us and really get her boots on the ground. That's awesome, Darby. I'm, I'm mostly jealous that you got back out in the field, but I've heard a lot about the Lieutenant Governor. She's a smart, very spunky lady. And so that must've been a real treat to meet her and get to advocate on behalf of our dairy producers. So thank you. And, and a big thanks to Arlen too, for hosting that meeting and Anya and Jason who pulled all of that together with the help of Cattlemen's and California Cattle Council. Um, what a great opportunity. Yep, and we're looking forward to hosting more of these tours before the summer really gets into it and then hopefully again in the fall. So stay tuned for some more updates of what we're up to. Awesome. Well, thanks, Darby, for that filling us in on that adventure you had. We also want to say a huge thanks to Tiffany Lamandola, our contract economist of Glimling, to Tyler Ribeiro and Jennifer Giambroni for participating with us last summer. And we want to thank all of our listeners and members. Remember to reach out to us with questions, comments, and content requests. And you could do that through email. I'm M-L-E-M-A at wudairies.com. Darby is D-A-R-B-Y at wudairies.com. And remember, we'd love it if you would rate, review, and subscribe to Seen and Heard on your favorite platform. Have a great week, everyone. While West United Dairies respects the varied views of our podcast guests, please know that views expressed on Seen and Heard may not necessarily reflect the positions of the West United Dairies Board of Directors. Thank you to Western United Dairies' generous 2020 business sponsors. 
Gar Bennett, California Dairy Magazine, Farm Credit Alliance, FNR Ag Services, Moss Energy Works, Bennett Environmental, PG&E, and Yosemite Farm Credit. We appreciate our sponsors and thank them for their continued support. If you'd like more information on how to sponsor Western United Dairies or this podcast, please send us an email at info at wudairies.com. That's info at wudairies.com. Thank you.